Welcome to another episode of the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network presented by Crosley Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. I'm your host, Taylor Burris. Alongside me is our producer, Wayne Owens. Justin Prince will be with us a little later on in the show, but we have a very special guest. He is a longtime streamer along with also one of the original voices of Podium Esports as well as as one of the marketing and media drivers for Clickerman Sport, as well as part of the marketing team and media team for none other than Rick Ware Racing. We have the one, the only, David Shieldhouse joining us. David, welcome to the iRacers Download. And I got to say, that's pretty much a long list of accomplishments that you have created here on iRacing for quite some time. Thanks, Taylor. It's a pleasure to be a guest here. Yeah, when you put it all that way, it sounds like I do a lot. <laughs> I uh, It's amazing when uh, when you hear it all listed out like that. How many different pursuits um, I've taken on over the last few years, both in sim racing and real racing. It's, uh, man, my, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised now. I never thought of it that way. Well, let's take a step back into this. I mean, what made you want to get involved in motor racing and esports? Because, you know, a lot of people who may have known of you are familiar with your streaming as well as your broadcasting skill. Well, what most people don't know, and I don't talk about it a whole lot, is uh, I used to work in NASCAR back in 2011. I worked with the Siegs when they were still just a truck series team. Uh, we were bringing four trucks to the track every week. Uh, between Ryan and Shane Sieg, and uh, we had Mike Garvey driving one of the trucks, and we'd have some other drivers rotating into one of the other trucks. Uh, so this isn't my first foray into the NASCAR world at the touring level. So, you know, to be back in the industry now with Rick Ware Racing is great. I definitely love the environment. There isn't a place I'd rather be than the track every weekend. But I really got started in short track racing, uh, uh, back in about that same time, 2010, 2011, working with a buddy who had a, a sport truck team racing at Gresham Motorsport Park and making connections there introduced me to the Seeks because they were based out of Tucker, Georgia. And one thing led to another and, you know, I, I got into the sport and that was really my dream, my goal for a long time. But I had to move out this way from Arizona to make that happen. And I've pretty much followed that blueprint a second time. This time, instead of going to Atlanta, I came here to Charlotte a little over a month ago. And a lot of things have progressed in a short period of time. And I found myself back in NASCAR once again in a, uh, a much different capacity than the first time. When I was with the Siegs, I was a mechanic and a spotter. And now with Rick Ware Racing, I'm a videographer. So uh, it's fun to explore different ways to work in the sport. But being in the sport... Uh, is, is such a, a pleasure for me. You know, I'm a, I'm an accountant by trade, Taylor. I'm not a, a, a full-time NASCAR employee. This is a hobby. It's a, a part-time gig for me. Would I like to see it turn to full-time? Sure. Absolutely. You know, there's plenty of ways to do that, but you know, I have a full-time job in the accounting world and I have for six, seven years now, but to be able to dabble on this side of things is just really cool. And, uh, it makes for a fun story. It certainly does. I mean, some of the great things that you've had the privilege of doing is, of course, with your commentating, working with some of the biggest names in motor racing. And one series, of course, we like to talk about is the Monday Night Racing presented by Rowdy Energy Drink. You are a competitor in their pro category that happens. Getting the chance to race with some of the biggest names in motorsports as well as motorsports media Drivers such as Dale Earnhardt Jr., Kyle Busch, James Bickford, 
Justin Melillo, and many more major media members and drivers. What is that like to be a part of such a wonderful league and organization? You want to talk about a rare opportunity. Monday Night Racing is exactly that. And I was saying it just during last night's stream when we were racing in Las Vegas. I put a really slick three-wide move uh, on the bottom down the backstretch, passing Garrett Smithley and Kyle Busch at the same time to move up into the second position late in that race. And caution came out after that. And I was saying to my chat uh, on my Twitch channel, where else can you do something like that against professionals of the sport? You can't do that anywhere else. Only in iRacing do you have the opportunity to go toe-to-toe and race with these guys and and have such a, an experience like that. And so, you know, it, that's just a microcosm of the bigger picture of what Monday Night Racing is. And I joined that league about halfway through or a little bit pa- uh, past the halfway point of Season 2, ran all of Season 3 and, and already got a win here for the first time in Season 4 in the season opener. And... I didn't know what to expect coming into this league. I knew who was in it. I knew the names. I had seen it. And to get the invitation was certainly a surprise, but it was a great opportunity for me to prove myself as a sim racer against some really, really talented folk, not just big name professional race car drivers, but also a lot of other talented members as well. And and some of these guys are both. They're both professional racers and they're really good sim racers too. Uh, So it's a really great level of competition for me to measure myself against. And then to be able to, on the other side, say, hey, I went out there and I beat Kyle Busch. I beat Dale Earnhardt Jr. or, or made a cool move, you know, or, or, or raced with guys that, you know, you see on TV. It, it's such a, an incredibly unique opportunity and one that I'm very thankful for. But to me, I know I came in as the community manager of Kligerman Sport and, and a partner Twitch streamer. And a lot of people saw that. And said, well, why is he in here? He's not part of the NASCAR industry. He's not a media member. What What's his qualification to get into this? And so I've been working really hard to dispel that and to cement myself as somebody who belongs in Monday Night Racing. Now with a win under my belt, locked into the playoffs for this year, being a playoff driver last year. Um, and I've already gotten feedback uh, this just this week from drivers, Cup Series drivers, texting me and saying, hey, you're a hell of a sim racer. So I, it tells me that I'm doing the right things, that I've elevated my game, and I, I take it seriously. I have a lot of fun, but Monday Night Racing is such a wonderful uh, example of what sim racing can do to bridge that gap between the real world and the sim world, and to be part of that is definitely an honor. It certainly is, and speaking of your Twitch channel, you know, you've been a longtime Twitch streamer as well. With the world of how entertainment is nowadays with streaming through twitch services youtube as well as facebook gaming and etc what made you want to get into this style to provide entertainment for those who want to learn more not just maybe about the iRacing side of things but other racing games that so many other streamers such as yourself get involved with yeah my path to being a twitch streamer really started back in i think 2015 2016 somewhere around there when I was still playing NASCAR racing 2003 season, uh, Derek Justice, who you know is a, a eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series driver, uh, now in the Contender Series, uh, he's the one who got me into streaming. He taught me a lot about getting set up with streaming, how to make it all work. And he really was a big uh, influence in me getting started in that type of work. And you know, like most people, it started small and I had very small audiences, single digit viewers for most of it. And I took some time away and I came back in late 2019 in iRacing 
this was, you know, after I'd already started coming back to do some broadcast work, I was working with, um, LSR TV, uh, in, in a league that they were covering. And so that kind of got me back into the community, my name back out there. And I got back into streaming as well and, and it really just snowballed. But once last year occurred COVID lockdown, no NASCAR on TV, and all of a sudden a big influx of NASCAR personalities in the iRacing space, along with the streaming space really elevated my presence as somebody who had a bit of a, a, a foothold in there through mostly broadcast work, not so much driving or streaming. But I was one of the lucky ones that got to enjoy that wave uh, that elevated me and my platform. And I just worked with it and went with it and tried to leverage that as best as I could. And um, it, it really brought forth an amazing number of opportunities. But really, it all started back you know, like I said, 2015, 2016 with Derek Justice showing me what buttons to press, which boxes to click and, and what numbers to put where to try and make it work. So, you know, I, I view it as a great opportunity not only to share a common passion in sim racing and racing as a whole with people, but also to educate. And that's been one of the pillars that I've tried to build my community on is education. I have people who always come into my streams asking questions about which peripherals should they use? How do they get this setting right? Or how do they do something that they see me doing? Or what are some tips and tricks to help their overall performance? And a lot of that is why I started putting more content on my YouTube channel to make those iRacing fixed setup guides that I used to make. And I apologize to those who love those and I don't make those anymore. But it was always a way for me to take everything that I've learned, Taylor, over 20 years of sim racing and and try to give back to the community to pay it forward and help those who are trying to make the same journey that I've made understanding that it's a really steep learning curve in eye racing and if I can help flatten that out a little bit or make things a little bit easier for people I'll feel really good about my time spent in the community and, and helping it be better as a whole it certainly is I mean you've been a part of the sim race community since you said in eye racing since about 2015 or so how have you seen the growth of this platform of iRacing continue to make changes grow as well as maybe even surprise you in some ways, in some directions it has taken? It's changed quite a bit. And and I'll clarify that the, the streaming portion for me started in 2015. I've been an iRacing member since 2009. So I've been around almost since day one with, with iRacing. And, you know, the changes that I've seen come to the, the platform in the last, what, 11 years, 12 years since its inception, it's almost hard to recognize. You can still see flashes here and there of, you know, the original version and what it started as. But when you look at it now, it's evolved so far. And yes, it has its challenges. It has its weak points and things that have changed that haven't been favorable in the community. Tire model, damage model, dynamic surface, things like that that are you know uh, really big talking points that we could spend a long time talking about. And I know you've talked about it with other people as well. And those who have been around for a while can speak intelligently about it because they've experienced this wave uh, of how the service has changed over the years. But since COVID and the, the huge increase in popularity to iRacing and the influx of subscribers as they all came to try it out, I, I've seen a shift in the way that iRacing has tried to not only capture a larger audience, but retain that audience. And it, it's a power struggle, in my opinion, Taylor. It's a power struggle uh, that we see 
in a lot of the decisions that they make between the larger, more casual audience who are trying to get acclimated to iRacing and the more dedicated, hardcore, longtime uh, or aspirational group uh, who really want to take this thing to the next level, do Road to Pro, do the Contender Series, try to get to the Coke Series, uh, or do really you know intense NIS races or high-level top split stuff. And, and I see that more than I've ever seen it in the way that the vehicles drive or, or you know, other things that impact the overall gameplay loop that you jump into when you do official racing. I, I see that more now than ever. And, and it's a delicate balance that a lot of other esports have to try and contend with. How do you make that balance across your entire audience without upsetting one too much or the other? But when it comes down to it, it's a business and they got to make their money and they got to help that bottom line. And so I can understand why some of the decisions have been made, but I really would like to see some of that more hardcore action come back to iRacing. And uh, I know I'm not alone in that. And I think that they're trying to put people in the right places to make that happen, bringing Dale Jr. on to the board of directors to help. And I, I can see his influence in the 1987 car how much has changed with that car uh, since he's really gotten involved in it. And with the Buick coming to the service later on, you know, it shows you what can happen when you put the right people in place who can get the resources behind them to make things work. We just need more of it. I certainly agree on that matter, David. And speaking of which, you know, we talked about your YouTube, your Twitch channel, but as we come to a close on this interview, where can people go to follow your career whether it be in the virtual world or even in the real world, to keep up and see what you got going on. Certainly. Uh, I can be followed on Twitter. It's at Shieldhoust. It's my last name with a D at the end. Um, on Twitter is where I post most of my updates, whether it's stuff happening in the sim world, stuff happening on YouTube, stuff happening in the real world as I get more into this videographer role with Rick, uh, Rick Ware Racing. Um, I can be found under the same uh, handle on Instagram as well. Uh, the YouTube channel, the Twitch channel. But, you know, I, I I really just enjoy sharing the experiences that I have with the community. I have a great community of supporters. I'm very blessed and very thankful to have such a wonderful group uh, of people behind me who take an interest in the work that I do and not only just want to watch it, but also want to help it grow. And that's been one of the most special things from this entire ride um, to be able to do that, but to help promote sim racing help it grow, help it improve. Uh, that's something that I take very seriously and I feel is only right for somebody with a platform like I have to try and do to give back because in the end, if sim racing is better, we're all better for it. And I, if I can have some sort of influence over that, I will feel really good about that as, as I'll continue to spend time in this world. I'm not going anywhere. I just re-upped my subscription for two years with that Black Friday sale. So <laughs> I, uh, I look forward to bringing more content to the sim racing community, whether it's an iRacing or any other title, uh, and continue to share my love and passion with others to hopefully inspire them, educate them, and help grow and bring in that next generation of sim racers. Could not agree with you more on that. Well, David, we appreciate your time. That is David Shieldhouse here on the iRacers Download. Coming up after the break, news of the week. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network presented by Crosley Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network presented by Crosley Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. Justin Prince with you, along with Taylor Burris and our producer, Wayne Owens. 
After an insightful conversation with David Schildhaus, who continues to become a trailblazer when it comes to the esports side of things on the iRacing platform. Now, plenty to talk about when it comes to the news of the week, to say the very least, because there have been plenty of races. To start things off, it's the eNASCAR Contender iRacing Series, which continues to try and see which drivers will qualify for the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series. In the end of a green flag to caution, no caution race, it was Colin Keister who took the victory in that one, Taylor. And to say he was calm most of that race was an understatement. He spent a lot of that time actually coaching his technical alliance mate Colin Bowden over the radio. He seemed very ecstatic, though, once he crossed that line to secure the victory in his comeback to make it to the Coke Series. He certainly did, and that's going to be an important thing for him with that momentum on his side. Now, granted, we still have a few more races left in it, and he has to make sure he stays consistent. But getting that win at Homestead for him, as well as for the Norse Force Racing Organization, a big booster of momentum on their side as they race in through this first, second race of the season. And it was a race, keep in mind, where he had methodically and waited patiently for his opportunity to be able to take home that checkered flag. He's now tied, in fact, with last round's race victor from Phoenix Parker Retzlaff. When it comes to the official results for the eNASCAR Contender iRacing Series, again, as mentioned, it was Colin Keister who took that checkered flag. Cody Bias finished in second, followed by Donovan Strauss and Parker Retzlaff in the top four. Alan Bowes rounded up the top five. Most laps led were by Caden Honeycutt after a miscue on his pit lane entry. He ended up finishing in sixth after leading 74 of the 134 laps at Homestead. Now turning things over to iRacing Rallycross competition, Taylor, and that world championship action continued to make its way quickly to its conclusion of the season. It certainly is. Heading to, of course, one of the more interesting rally circuits here on the iRacing service. It is the Sonoma Rally Circuit, and of course, you know when it comes to racing at the circuit, drivers are looking to have high speeds, high-flying racing here at this circuit. But it was race winner Yoni Olakainen who took home the checkered flag in the finale at the, at the race at Sonoma. And with this win, it bumps him up into the top two of, the, of this championship. John Robertson, of course, leading it by a mere six points, Justin. And given the fact that we have one more race left in this championship, intensity is going to be high. But also trying to see who will be able to to come back for the next season. Yeah, that's going to be very intense to say the very least how the relegation fares out because plenty of drivers are around that midway point of the point standings. Take, for example, two Jim Beaver Esports drivers tied up. Amongst them, Alex Bergeron, the multiple-time Board of Outlaws champion. Then you have drivers like Garrett Mains just outside that points window and others like Bo Albert and many more looking to try and charge the way up towards that top 15 or so in the point standings. But the main thing that jumps out to me, remember, though, is, Taylor, when we talked about the driver standings for the IREX Championship this season and their competition presented by Yokohama, it was a massive lead at one point for Robertson by double digits, a good 20, 30 points, give or take. Correct me if I'm wrong. That has just dwindled on down over the past couple weeks alone. 
It certainly has, and that's kind of what's been surprising for John Robertson of how he's has these decent runs, but just these small mistakes that he's been able to make during these races cost him this large points lead that he has as we're getting ready to go to the final race at the Charlotte Motor Speedway next Wednesday afternoon. But it's going to be interesting to see, can he put it all together to get the starting position he needs in order to win the whole shot run out for to turn number one? That's going to be critical for him to clinch this championship. Same thing with Tommy Hallman. Tommy also, who remember, won a couple of races this season. He's needing to see if he can come out on top with a strong finish, as this is basically going to be a three-horse race for the championship. Especially with Hallman, keep in mind, being the season winner, or leader, I should say, when it comes to victories entering the day. The question's going to be, who will come away with the title? The pressure is on, to say the very least, when it comes to rally cross competition, Taylor. But... Time to turn things over to the Force Dynamics, Delara, the Force Dynamics Delara iRacing Grand Prix Championship, where it is now going to be a tight finish. Let's put it that way for the season. How so? Well, the series visited Suzuka Circuit for its second to last round, where Martin Van Luznord came away with the victory by 2.3 seconds from Matteo Ugolotti. Peter Berryman, Johan Harth, McKinley Constantini rounded at the top five. Van Luznord led 38 of the 40 laps, Taylor. And it was a much-needed victory, first of all, after the chaos that was the Red Bull ring in what happened on that infamous lap 46 or so of that race. To be able to bounce back like this is critical because after today, the driver's stand... Because after that round, the driver's standings are now separated by just two points with Berryman having the edge. It essentially becomes the best driver to finish in front of the other wins the title for the finale. And of course, think about this, Justin. We are heading to the Hungaro Ring, one of the newer circuits on the iRacing service. So it's not like we have utilized this car and track combination for a long period of time. So I'm pretty sure for the rest of this week and into next week, we will be seeing how much time and dedication they are going to be willing to put in in order to be able to put on this show. And also to think about it as well, Justin, the Hungar Ring in and itself is a challenging racing circuit as it is. To see what Van Luzen would be able to do to go toe-to-toe with Berryman, who only, like we pointed out, has two wins, but has had more points finishes compared to Van Luzenord throughout this season. Van Luzenord, of course, having at least two races outside of the points. So it's going to be critical for him to try and at least go for the win at this race in order to win it. Now, of course, we could be seeing some other things happening. We kind of saw it a little bit towards the end where Johan Hart gave a little bit of way, I think, to Peter Berryman to give him that position in order to come out on top with a closer lead in the point standings. Either way, it would still be the same situation coming into the Hungaro Reign as it's going to look. For the finale, let's put it that way. The difference would have been Van Luznord would have had a one-point advantage over Berryman if Harth held on to the third step of the podium. Here's the thing that people are also forgetting about in this situation, too, is mathematically, if Johan didn't elect to essentially have that position go the other way, let's phrase it like that, he would have still had a mathematical chance, Taylor, A slim margin, yes, but a mathematical chance to at least fight for the championship. Instead, elected to 
see the 50 car of Berryman, his technical alliance mate, be able to compete for that championship instead in turn and make it a two horse race for the finale, which could be one of the most thrilling world championship finales for a season in a good while. It certainly will be very exciting, very thrilling indeed. And of course, we can catch the action next Thursday, starting at 2 p.m. as we head to the virtual Hungaro ring. But we have so many more things coming up for the rest of this week and leading into next week. Of course, it will be the season debut of the virtual World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Championship that will be kicking off on Monday night. A lot of excitement leading towards that. And Justin, I believe you're looking forward to this as well. Yes, indeed. Can't wait for the action to say the very least. Down for the booth once more for that competition. It's been a thrilling past couple of years in the history of World of Outlaws. Let's put it that way. But I'm really intrigued to see the upcoming talent that's been showcasing itself and who we both have called on the racetrack, keep in mind, Taylor, because there were plenty of competitors who spent the past couple weeks or months making their way through the qualifying series to join the best of the best. Some had to work their way back in, such as drivers like Evan C. But for others, you've got drivers like Felix Roy. Remember that name, Taylor, from some of the broadcasts we've done. Carlin Cure, Chris Sabeske, Clayton Tilly. Those are among some of the drivers who have that potential now in turn because of what they did in the qualifying series to make their names known to the entire masses at the professional level. These are drivers, keep in mind, Taylor, who have been able to race well against the legends like Alex Bergeron, like Blake Majulis, like Cameron Merriman. Now it's the big question, can they do it at the top stage in all of World of Outlaws and iRacing Dirt Racing? And of course, we'll have to catch all the action on all of iRacing streaming services next Monday. And of course, the next round of the eNASCAR Contender Series kicks off as well. You can catch all the action on Tuesday starting at 9 and I believe we're heading a little bit to a different type of racing, Justin. Where are we heading to for the Contender Series? Well, for the Contender Series, it's going to be intriguing how things play out for the next round because it is Auto Club. Yes, a two-mile racetrack is the next stop for the eNASCAR Contender iRacing Series. It is essentially the biggest size track on the schedule. But the thing is, when it comes to Auto Club, remember, it's a multi-group racetrack with the Xfinity cars in particular, where you can use the bottom and top lines. It's also a track where driving skill usually weighs you up towards the front. If you want to win at a track like Auto Club, you need to know how to drive in general. But keep in mind, it's going to be a very pivotal round for some after some of the news and some of the events of how Homestead went for some. There's a lot of drivers who are looking at that race probably thinking and saying, we got to perform well if we want a realistic shot the rest of the way. There's going to be a lot of pressure for race three out of seven total for the season. It certainly is. You'll have to catch all the action on all of iRacing streaming services as well at Tuesday at 9 p.m. We already touched the World Championships regarding the iRacing Rallycross presented by Yokohama. And the Force Dynamic Delara iRacing Grand Prix World Championship will be also on Thursday starting at 2 p.m. And with that, this concludes another episode of the iRacers Download. 
Of course, for our special guest, once again, David Shieldhouse, for my partner in the booth, Justin Prince, our producer, Wayne Owens. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the iRacers Download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley Radio and NASCAR Digital Media.